Uh, first, I want to just uh, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come and uh, share this message with you this morning. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity for me, and I just my prayer is that God uses this message uh, in your lives as well. And I do want to say your church is lovely. Uh, it's a cute little white church, and I've always wanted to come into a church like this. Mine have been always too big. But um, this morning, I'll let you get there to to know where we're at. We're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to go Old Testament on this. Um, but what I want you to keep in mind is that while we're reading these passages, reading these verses, we're going to be comparing Ezekiel's situation to our lives today because God's word is alive and God um, is the same as he was with Ezekiel, as he was with Jesus, as he is with us today. And so what I'm hoping here is that this will encourage you. Because as uh, we sung earlier this morning, have faith in me, have faith in Jesus. Um, that's what we see God saying in Ezekiel is to have faith in him, to obey and to listen. And so we're going to see how that unfolds. And uh, I'm not sure how your tradition is, but I like to stand to honor God's word. And I saw that earlier, so if you would join me as we read. And we're going to do just a few verses because it's a long passage, but we're going to start in verse 1 of chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and shall know that I am the Lord. I just want to pray real quick over this passage. Uh, Father God, I just I thank you for this text right here, God, that... It's so dense and so rich and so full of your promises in the Old Testament, but what it carries out to what we have today. And so, Lord, I just pray that your spirit guides me and uh, just opens up hearts here, Lord, to hear what you have to say, not what I have to say, but you, God. And, Lord, I just uh, I thank you that there's such an opportunity to preach your word freely in this country. And I just pray that we can receive that. And I pray this all through the interceding name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So, I want to give you a quick background on Ezekiel, um, in case you didn't know. But uh, Ezekiel is one of the major prophets, and he, he's got a lot of stuff going for him. Uh, it's a very dense book. But in this time of history with, the, with Israel, we see that the Jews have been exiled, and um, in this time... Jerusalem has already fallen, and so the Jews, the Jewish nation is pretty crushed. They, they are without hope. They are lost, and so what we see God doing here is giving them hope, and we'll see how that comes about and how he uses Ezekiel to do that, but what we're going to do is just compare Ezekiel to us today because I think we can, and so in verse 1, we see that... Um, that the hand of the Lord was upon him, and the Spirit guided him. And uh, 
This is the same spirit that was in creation, hovering above the waters. Uh, this is the same spirit that you see here. This is the same spirit that was with Jesus that descended upon him as a dove at his baptism. This is the same spirit that Jesus promises the apostles when he when he's ascending. And it's the same spirit that gave them the power to do what they did in Acts. And it's the same spirit that we receive when we come into that relationship with Christ. So already we have this commonality with Ezekiel the prophet. We have the same spirit. And uh, we're going to see that we're not too different from this great writer, this great prophet that did such great things and how we are today because God uses us in such similar ways. And in verse 2, we see that he, he's put into a literal valley of bones, which, you know, that's, that's pretty intense right there, just to, just to say. Um, he is put in this valley, and he sees dry bones before him. He says, death, what happens with death? There's not even flesh on these bones. It is dry. They are bare for him to see. That's our situation in the world today. While we, not, while we do not see dry bones physically before us, the world is dead without Christ. And uh, it's lost without Christ. And so Ezekiel's situation is that he's seeing actual death right before him, but we see death before us as well. So, and um, this is going to be a common theme that there's not much difference in that. And in verse 3, and I'm just going to mention this real quick, we see God asking Ezekiel if these bones can live. And we're going to come back to this verse a little bit later on, but Ezekiel just straight up answers, honestly, only God you know. That's some faith right there. I wish I could say that. I mean, my, my logical conclusion, if I were to see bones before me, would be, um, that's dead, no. But that's the power of God, and we're going to see that unfold. We're going to we're going to see that they can live. And so, continuing from there, we see that through verses four through six, we see what his command is. Uh, we see God say to him, "Prophesy over these bones." He tells him what to do. He he says, "Prophesy." But we also have a similar command, um, and it's going to be we're going to be flipping to the New Testament quite a bit. So I'll, I'll give you some warning. We're going to be going all the way to Matthew to the end, chapter twenty-eight, and I'm sure it's a verse you're all very familiar with. Um, it is picking up from verse eighteen, and this is right after the resurrection, um, right before he ascends, and it's Jesus speaking. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We have a similar command as Ezekiel did. Uh, Ezekiel was told to prophesy, just to listen, prophesy. We are commanded to go and make disciples. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to preach or you have to be teaching that Sunday school lesson. Some of us have that servant heart. But no matter what we do, this is a command for all of us. It's the Great Commission. We are all to make disciples 
of others. Um, and what does that entail? That means teaching them of God's word, teaching them of God's love, teaching them of the only thing that actually matters in this entire world, Jesus. And so we see that we have similar commands uh, because, spoiler alert, Jesus is life. God's commanding Ezekiel to preach to dry bones, to give them life. We're being told to go into the world, a dying world, and give them life. And so our situations are still similar. And uh, I didn't read to this point because my passage is a bit long and I didn't want y'all to stand for, for too long. I know I can't do it. Um, but I'll, I'll read, picking up from verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds of breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and, li- and they lived, and stood on their feet, and an exceedingly great army. So in Ezekiel's situation, he is put down in the valley of dry bones. He hears God say to him, prophesy over these bones. And he does the one thing that I wish I could always do. And he just listens. Um, not saying I don't always listen, but there's always some resistance. But he just does as he command, as he was commanded. And uh, we see the fruition of that. We see what happens. Ezekiel sees exactly what happens when he does as God says. He sees the bones come to life right before him. Right in front of his eyes, he sees bones come upon with sinews, muscles, flesh, breath. He sees life when there was death just a moment ago. And we see this, and sometimes uh, we, we can see this in our lives, but what, I, what I'm getting at here is that it's easy for us to think that that's upon us. That's us doing that. Because if I was Ezekiel and I saw that and I was preaching, I'm like, man, I did something great here. Look at me. I just brought life to that. But that's not the case. Uh, what we see is that it's not Ezekiel doing that. It's God. And so we're going to go all the way to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. And we'll be just in verse 7. And I'll give you a moment to get there. Okay. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now it's easy for me, because I have this personality, to, to get prideful when I see something kind of happening in result of me. And um, I thank God that I've never seen someone come to Christ when I've evangelized to him, when I've talked to him, because I'm afraid that that would go straight to my head. Because while we are called to just teach him to share about God, and we can see them come to Christ, it's not on us. That's not our doing. Uh, It wasn't Ezekiel's doing that the bones came to life. That was God working in that situation. And that's God working in our situation today when we do share the gospel, when we do see someone come to Christ. And uh, 
I actually do have something personal to talk about with this. As um, my buddy and I at school, we we tend to do some tracks. Uh, we will pass out tracks at the fountain on campus and uh, try to talk to some people, have meaningful conversations. And uh, I remember one time, it was a few weeks ago, we were walking back to my apartment and we see this uh, girl just walking along, um, university student, walking along. And my buddy asks if, he ha if I had any tracks because he put them up. And lo and behold, I had one in my pocket that I was given to, not even by him, but by a friend earlier in that day. And so we go up and we give it to her, and we end up having this two-hour conversation in the hot sun. We move to the shade eventually, but we end up having this two-hour conversation about God, about his love, about what he's done in my life, what he's done in my friend's life, and what he can do in her life. And uh, we find out that she was the vice president of the Freethinker Society, which is... Um, a campus organization for agnostics and atheists. And uh, so we find out what she believes. She doesn't believe in God. And so we could just do the only thing that we are commanded to do and just share God's love with her. Did she walk away confessing Christ? No. But what we made the point to do was to, uh, to say that if years down the road, she finds herself rethinking about this. We hope that she looks back on that because we can only plant. And that's what we pray for. We plant something there because we're not the ones going to yield the growth. We're not going to be the ones to see the full fruition of that. But we pray that God uses that. Um, and I actually have in my life just directly one friend that means a lot to me. And she doesn't believe. She's, she doesn't confess Christ. And uh, I wish she did. Like I pray that she does. And so I've prayed for her every night, every night. I've talked to her many times, um, planting, just planting about God's love, just the way I talk to her, just the way I interact with her, trying to let God's love shine through me. But I'm only planting. And uh, I see God working in that today because she's at church today. And that excites me because I'm seeing God move, but it's not me that's doing it. It's God. And so what I'm getting at here is that if we just do, if we obey what God commands of us, what, what he's saying to Ezekiel prophesy, what he's saying to us, make disciples, we can see fruition, but we have to keep in mind that it's not us doing that, that it's not our hand causing the growth, it's not our hand causing that life, but it's God working through us. And so from there, we also see how verse 3 relates. Um, where God asks him, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel says, only God you know. My logical answer is no, they can't. But God can do all things. And Ezekiel trusts in the Lord and knows that he's the one that can do it, not him. And so from there, we're going to get to our last bit of verses. And it's um, continuing on from verse 11 in Ezekiel. We're going to go to the end to um, 14. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and I will raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord when I 
I always get to that point. Yep. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Right here we see God's hope for Israel, for this broken nation, for these crushed people. We see God saying Ezekiel, to God saying to Ezekiel, go and tell the Jewish people that I'm going to restore them, that I'm going to bring them to life. But this promise doesn't just stay with Ezekiel. It doesn't just stay for the Jewish nation. It doesn't stay for Israel. But it's been opened up to all of us. Because I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. I'll admit that. But God's love and God's promise has been extended to all the world. Uh, John 3.16, of course, for he loved all the world. Paraphrasing that, but I'm sure we all know that verse very well. But what we see is... This, uh, this promise from death to life. And we see how that happens today in Colossians chapter 2. And it's going to be from verse 13 to 14. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside nailing it to the cross. The reason why the Jews were not able to go to Jerusalem, um, the reason why Jerusalem fell in the first place, was because earlier in Ezekiel you see that their sins were the cause of that. They were in sin. They were turning away from God. They were dead in their trespasses, much like we are dead in our trespasses, much like the whole world is dead. But what we see is that this promise of death to life that God gives Israel, has been given to us as well through Christ Jesus. Because Jesus came, God in the flesh came, lived, died, and rose again. We see that death has been defeated. And we have a promise of life. We have a promise of life eternally, yes, but we have a promise of a life now as well because we are made alive to enjoy the creation, to enjoy the relationship with God that we lost in the beginning. And uh, I just love this part because we see that God in Ezekiel's days, in the Old Testament, doesn't stay stagnant there. He's alive and extending that promise to all the world today. And that's what he's telling us with the Great Commission, with Jesus saying, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, because it's not just to get them to read a book, but it's to get them to life. It's to get them to know the God, not a God, the only God, the God that gives us life, the God that loves us, loves us so much that he came from heaven came as a man and died for us, taking in all of our iniquities, taking our transgressions, our trespasses, sin itself upon him and giving us a way back to him, giving us life. I love eternal life. I love the concept of that, but I have life today too. I can enjoy my life because I have a relationship with God. And we see that here where he's saying, I'm going to bring you from your graves. I'm going to open your graves and raise your graves. That's exactly what he did. That's what he did in my life, and that's what I hope he did in your lives, and that's what we're hoping that he does in more lives when we go and make 
disciples, when we go and share his love, share the gospel, the only thing that brings life. And so this is to encourage you to do that because uh, I, I loved your Sunday school and just what was said in there. Uh, honestly, a lot of those things is just something I've been thinking about a lot, especially with temptation, how it's our fault. And it's just awesome to see that you have insight. You have um, something going for you. And so I just want to encourage you to share that with people because you have life. Um, and it, it would be kind of stingy and selfish if we just kept all this life for ourselves. Don't we want to see more people come to life? And so that's that's what my message is today, to, to encourage you and show you that what we see in Ezekiel doesn't stay in Ezekiel. What we see when God leads him to the Valley of Dry Bones, commands of him to prophesy, sees the fruition of that. Ezekiel seeing that come to life and God giving him a promise. We see that that's not just there. We see that that is the case today when we are led by the Spirit, when we come into a relationship with Christ. We are led by the Spirit to share, to fulfill the Great Commission, to talk to people, to share the gospel, to see the promise of life because that promise of life that he gave to the Israelites is the promise that he gives to us today, that he is bringing us alive, that he is making us alive, that he's opening our graves, he's raising us from the dead. And so that's what I wanted to share with you. And it might have been a little quick. I got a little excited. But um, I would like to pray for you, if that's all right. Pray over this and just the message and what God, um, what God's done in Ezekiel's day and what he's doing today. Um, Father God, I just I want to come before you humbly um, and just just thank you uh, for so many things that, that words can never truly express, God. To thank you for your word, to thank you for your promises, to thank you for Jesus, to thank you for coming to earth, for taking upon our sins, for forgiving us and giving us life with your resurrection. And for, uh, for just the ability to have relationship with you again, God. And Lord, I just uh, I pray that this message does sit well with us. That um, you know, we do want to share your gospel, your saving grace with others. And Lord, I, I pray to the Holy Spirit to do that within us. For the Holy Spirit to breathe upon us. To guide us to convict us when we see someone hurting and we know what can heal them, but when we hesitate, because God, we have the solution, we have the answer, we have the only thing that the world needs, and that's you, that's Jesus, that's the gospel. And so, Lord, I just um, I pray that as we digest this uh, passage, I digest what you have to say, as we leave here, go throughout our week, that um, that you guide us, God, that Holy Spirit, you guide us, and that we can speak words of life, words of truth, especially in a world so dark and dead without you. God, I just thank you once again for your grace, for redemption, for salvation, for your love, and it's through the interceding name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
Thank you. Uh, that's 